0: everybody, welcome to Stuff Said with Greg Shiegel. I am Greg Shiegel. I'm the host of this program where I, a working cartoonist, talk to other people in the world of comics, cartooning, and related fields. On this show, I'm talking to Walden Wong. Walden Wong is, most notably, a comic book inker. He has worked over a lot of great people. He has inked over me. Does that make me a great person? I'm not saying that. You can make that connection if you want that he has inked over some great people, and he has inked over me. Does that make me a great person? I don't know. Does that have anything to do with my conversation with Walden Wong? Not, not particularly. Walden, on the other hand, is a great person. He's super nice. I don't want I mean, I could tell stories about how nice this guy is. We we talk about one of them in the course of the show. But suffice to say, and I've and I've used this word to describe other people before, so it might it might be boy crying wolf, but really Walden is an absolute sweetheart and he was nice enough to give me about an hour of his time. Well more than that. I mean we talked for about an hour and then like with everybody I talked to, talk a little bit more, talk a little bit after his wife made food. I was already full, I felt bad that I didn't eat any of it. This has nothing to do with the conversation you're about to hear. So I will stop talking and and just let you listen to me talk to uh, the wonderful Walden Wong. Hey, look at that alliteration. Three W's in a row. All right. Here's me talking to Walden. Enjoy it. The, candy man can. the candy man I'm trying to remember because we worked together when I was at Marvel. That's right. We were inking comics. That's right. But who the, was it? Smitty was the first guy to hire you? Who, who hired you first?
1: It was Smitty, you, and right. Paul. Paul, Paul DeTron, And okay. then Matt Adelson. Matt okay. Adelson. Yeah, I was working. Okay, this is, this is how it all happened. Pete Woods yeah. was working with Matt Adelson, working on Deadpool. Yes. Then when I was at a San Diego at a convention, Pete saw me at the portfolio review line and then pulled me over and asked me if I wanted to work with him. Because before he started working at Marvel, he did a project called Shock and Mary Shooting Gallery okay. for Antarctic Press. And that was his first published book, which is my first published book. So he kind of remembers me from that project. So when he saw my name in line at the portfolio review, he pulled me over, asked me if I wanted to work with him. And that's how I started working with Matt, Matt with Paul, right. and then Smitty, and then you. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. And then the thing that we all remember because it was like a signature move uh-huh. was the chocolates. Yes, that's right. So you would... At the end of the year, during the holidays, not even no. Whenever you yeah, sometimes job,
1: whenever I finish project,
0: you would send a box, a little tiny plastic container, yeah, of, of Ghirardelli chocolates. chocolates, San Francisco treat, not rice aroni.
1: That's right, not rice croni.
0: Ghirardelli <laughs> chocolates, and it was a great idea. You never needed to do it because your inks were good. You you were, you're were a good inker, mm-hmm. so we were going to hire you again. Mm. You were you were you did your job well, but the chocolates were a nice treat. When did that? idea of like i'm gonna send the chocolates this is gonna be my move
1: well when i went to college you yeah. know, I, mean, I went for marketing and then they said people like getting free stuff <laughs> you know so that's like okay i'm doing <laughs> comics how can i incorporate marketing to doing this and i thought okay i need to think of something which tells them that i'm in san francisco so it was either c's candy right. or giardelli and so i thought i'm just gonna get giardelli so because that People think of San Francisco. Right. So that's when I started sending, like, candies out at, after the end of every project, even if it's, like, for a few pages or a whole book. Right. And then when I didn't have projects to work on and it was the end of the year during Christmas, I would send all the editors, like, a box. Yeah. So it was, like, a uh, two big FedEx boxes worth sent to the mailroom, and then they would distribute it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Eventually, you don't still do that, right? Well, I haven't
1: done that. Because everything, we don't even send FedEx anymore. Because right. in the past, when I was done with pages, I would put it in the FedEx box and then include that right. chocolate in the box. Right. But now everything is FTP. I guess I can email them a picture. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you find... And we'll,
0: we'll actually talk about inking and stuff in a minute. But the chocolate mm-hmm. stuff is interesting to me. Yeah. Especially the marketing part of it. Yeah. I didn't know you studied marketing. Mm-hmm. Did you find at a certain point that it was affecting or not affecting? It was effective.
1: Work? Because okay. some artists will tell me, oh, we, we went to, like, Sean Chen. Yeah. Uh, he went to Bobby Chase's office. And they go, oh, this is Gary Della Chocolates. Where, where did you get this from? And then Bobby would tell him, oh, I got it from Walden. So that's how he knew who I was. Right. And then, like, years later, I started working with him. That's when he told me, oh, I know who you are from sure. the chocolates.
0: Right. But, but did you find that, it's a weird question, but editors would call you back and have you do more work. Was there a part of you going, is it because of the work? Is it because of the chocolates? Or you knew it was because of the work?
1: I don't see. I didn't know if it was because of the work or because of the chocolates. But then there was one time when Tom Breaver called me. He goes, oh, I'm going to get you on this project. Send more chocolates. (laughs) I said, okay, I'll send you more chocolates. Give you more projects. I'll send you more chocolates. Yeah. And so I remember that specifically. Which project was that? Do you remember? It was, I think it was Avatars or something. It was like a mini-series Okay From a long time ago
0: I think I know it I think it was right after I had left It might have been something Ruben started
1: Yeah, Maybe I'm not really sure it was,
0: like, it was like medieval Avengers Yeah, right? yeah, yeah Yeah I have a vague memory
1: yeah, of it Yeah, yeah I think it's a mini-series Yeah, or... it was like three issues or something Yeah, three issues, that's right Yeah, I think it was just after I had left Yeah
0: Yeah And then when I left We worked together In the creative capacity That's that right Toy Story thing 3 yeah, for Toy Disney. For Disney Yeah For Bobby Chase
1: That's right yeah, so we came full circle. Bobby left Marvel at the time. She, yeah, Bobby was. Didn't,
0: she was. Yeah, she left after I did. Mm-hmm. And then she was just doing freelance editing, and she edited that issue of Disney Adventures. Yeah, and it was like all comics April Fools' thing. Yeah, that's right. She called me to do a Toy Story comic. I said, "Yeah, I'll do it." And I don't remember if I think I said, "You can we get Walden?" Yeah, to you got meeting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because I'm you know you you have a nice clean line. And I was doing cartoony stuff. I'm like, this yeah. be fun and I wanted it to be fun.
1: And it was nice too. Like I remember working with you when you were at Marvel. Yeah. Bobby was at Marvel, and then when both of you guys left, I'm like, oh man, I never get to work with it again. And I got that call. It was like, great, this is nice. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's it's a nice uh, building
0: of community. And yeah. for what it's worth, you know, now you can know it wasn't the chocolates because it wasn't about the chocolates. It was oh, like, it was... I want an anchor on this thing that's going to make it. It's because look were... right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you started out inking mostly for Marvel, mostly for a bunch of clowns who aren't there anymore. Yeah. We all left. <laughs> but how did you, because you do other art stuff. Right now you teach a lot. Yeah. Right? You teach painting. Yeah. What else do you teach?
1: Painting and then comic kind of book illustration. Okay. Yes. So you draw. I draw.
0: I've never seen your drawing. I want to see You haven't seen like my it.
1: drawing. Yeah. I draw at the academy. Yeah. Like with the inking work, there's so much now that I don't have time to actually draw. But when I do teach, I draw on the chalkboard right you know for the students
0: okay so when you're a young man yeah and you want to you decide you want to make comics how Mm -hmm. old were you when you made that decision
1: i actually decided to do comics right after maybe a little bit after i graduated from marketing
0: oh really so after college
1: i knew here here's what it was when i was a kid i always wanted to be an artist yeah i never thought about being a comic book artist but you know i read comic books but my parents would say you know, being an artist, you're not going to get make any money. Right. You know, is you heard the term starving artist. Sure. Only time anyone makes any money being an artist is, you know, like when they die. Yeah. yeah. You know, all the other people get it. So right. it was collecting a lot of comics. And I went to this comic book store in uh, San Francisco. This comic book store used to be called Olio's, but then it's closed down now. And author Adam kind of runs it also. So when I was buying books there, I saw him behind the counter drawing comics. Okay. And I asked him what are you doing? You know, goes, I'm drawing comics. He goes, you mean at, p- actual people draw comics by hand? Yeah, I saw some of his work and he, he was like, yeah, I draw from Marvel. And I asked, is it Marvel, or is, is it Marvel around here? No, it's like somewhere else. And then he was t- telling me, you know, they work in he FedEx packages. And I remember at the time he was like sending boxes of stuff out because I buy at the comic book store every week, you yeah. know, hang out there. And he would uh, send stuff out and draw artwork on the FedEx packages. Huh. So that's kind of how I found out he was sending stuff out. So from then on, he goes, oh, why don't you try uh, working the comics, try inking? So he would give me pencils, four copies of his pencils, yeah. and I would ink on vellum. Not like these days where there's blue line. Yeah, before yeah. there used to be um, like it's tracing paper that people ink on top of. Right.
0: So Art Adams was, was your gateway as an actual human, not even the comics, like just him as a yeah, person. Yeah, an
1: actual human. So like when uh, there's a lot of people that say... Arthur Adams is my inspiration again to get into comics. Yeah, for I'm, me it really is because he's a per, an actual person that told me that's amazing. That he does comics.
0: When I was in high school, yeah, all my peers were huge Art Adams guys. Yeah, I was a big Alan Davis guy, but they were all into Arthur Adams, Michael Golden. Like that's what yeah they all read X Men comics. That's yeah, where they were that's where they were locked in, and they were all drawing like Art Adams. Yeah. So it's, a, it's interesting that you sort of walked, you're in this store. Now, did you know who he was or you just saw this guy draw? I knew who he was. Okay.
1: Like uh, before I started buying comics there, people were telling me, oh, uh, our Adam was there. And I knew he was an artist, but I didn't know he would actually hand draw the comics. Right. You know, like I don't know how that whole process works. Right. And then after talking to him for a while, he would just, you know, tell me what he does. Now, before all
0: this happened, what kind of stuff would
1: you draw? Uh, Just like uh stuff I learned in high school. Okay. Like regular people, monsters, cars, robots. Right. Yeah. Like when I was in uh, high school, I would draw like uh, posters for events. Right. Like there's gonna be a play, and I would draw those posters and they would publish it. You know, not in the not publish it, but print it and yeah. just stick it all over the school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So just little little things like that, like high school projects. So then you start inking, I
0: pages over vellum just to practice. Yeah. And is and is, is art giving you feedback? Yeah.
1: So. Every time he gives me samples, I will go home and ink it, and then after I'm done, I will give it back to him.
0: What were you inking with, or like out of the gate?
1: I was inking with a tech pin. Okay. Very crude, because I didn't know what tools to use. Yeah. Like your regular repeatograph tech pin. Later on, I met someone else, Marlo, Marlo Guiza. Okay. He told me, oh, you got to learn how to use a quill, like a quill, quill pin. Yeah. That's what everyone inks with. So that's when I started using a quill to ink.
0: Did he show you like the whole thing where, or maybe just with lettering that you sand it down or is that also with ink? With in, the lettering? With like a nib that you sort of like... Yeah,
1: yeah, a like a, kind of like sand it down scratch yeah. it a few times. Yeah, so I, I actually met Marlo at a signing. At that time, Extreme was kind of big and they okay. would do tours over uh, sure. everywhere. So he was at one of the signings and I, you know, asked, how do you, what do you use? And he goes, oh, I use a nib. You got to master the nib. You got to master the quill. Like, okay, so I went home and practiced. And he was also a person where, well, he gave me a business card. So when I was done with samples, also, also author Adams samples, I would send it to him. And then he would be very kind to mark up the samples, the same stuff I sent him, and send it back to me. Wow. And then, like, uh, ink on top of the photocopies and tell me how he would do it. Huh. So I would learn how to ink from him, like, a lot of back and forth. And this was before email. right? I think we, we didn't have
0: no, email. Oh, email showed up maybe in 95, 96.
1: 95, right? yeah, so this was early around 94, 92, right. around there. Yeah, so that's how I learned how to use the, the and, quill.
0: And then uh, when, did, when did the brush enter
1: into the mix? Oh, the brush. This is when uh, Paul Smith. Okay. Paul Smith. I went to a convention, and this is, oh, let me tell you how I met Paul. Sure. I went to I a love convention. Paul Smith. I'll yeah. hear any story about him. Yeah, I went to a convention, and... I was showing people my samples, asking them, can I get a critique? I would never say, can I get work? I right. would say, can I get a critique? Just to give feedback. Sure. Just what happens, Paul was one of the persons, and he, at the time, he was working on Leave the Chance. So I know, I knew who he was because of Leave the Chance. Right. So I, you I didn't, didn't know the X-Men stuff the experiment or experiment or Dr. Stuff. Strange or any of that? Yeah, I yeah, didn't know yeah. any of that stuff. I, I mean, I knew later on after I knew him more. I was sort of the same way. Yeah, so at the convention, when I met him, he looked at my portfolio, flipped through a few pages, and he closed it, and he didn't say anything. He goes, follow me. He took my portfolio and started bringing it to everybody he knew, and one of the person was Bob Harris. Okay. He took my portfolio, showed it to Bob, and goes, hire him. Like that, right? Wow. So Bob gave me his business card, and then I called him. That's how I got my first Marvel book. This was maybe... Maybe even before... Maybe around the same time was Pete Woods and what the Deadpool. What was
0: the first book he did? X-Force. Okay, that X-Force. makes sense. It would have been Bob's office.
1: Yeah, Bob's office. So later on, uh, Paul got a project with DC. It was for a Justice Society of America trading card. Okay. And then he called me. Hey, would you like to ink over me on this trading card? Wow. I was like, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't I say no? So he sent me the actual you know, pencils, right? Yeah. So I started inking that with the quill... And then when I was done, I faxed it back to Paul because we didn't have scanners at the time. It was, like, faxing back and forth. He looked at it. and He goes, what's wrong? What's wrong with this? It's Like, uh, your inks are better than that. You know, I wanted it to be more smoother, right? So I, I didn't understand what he was talking about. So he started inking some of the pieces. Like, he, would, I don't know how he did it. He made a photocopy of the pencils and started inking on the photocopies. So he would ink some pieces, fax it back to me. I looked at it. Oh, you mean like this? So I did it. You know, a lot of back and forth. Yeah. By the time it was all over, it's like Paul inked himself, right? But that's how I kind of learned how to ink, because uh, after the project was done, he would fax me more pages of how he would ink, and then show me more stuff. And then he would send me some, um like a, like actual board with a pencil of an eye, and right next to it was is the way how he, he would ink the eye. Yeah, I have it around, but you know, I don't know where yeah, it yeah. is right now. But it's like actual Paul Smith ears and eyes and. Just little pieces of how he would ink and with a brush. And he was inking with a brush. He was inking with a brush. And you
0: were learning this just learning by example. Learning by example. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: Inking with the brush was hard when I first started learning it. I can't it. do it. Because, yeah, now because a brush isn't like a pin. A pin is more, you point at it, it's there. With a the brush, it's slow like flowing all over the place. Yeah. But now I ink more with a brush than with a pin. Because I find using a brush is much faster. Yeah. Like you can get that one thicker line as opposed to using a quill and drawing two lines and filling it in.
0: Sure, I used to do quote-unquote inking. Yeah. And it was always with you know, rapidograph pens and you draw the line and then draw that, and then fill it in. Yeah. Make it look like a brush yeah. line. Yeah, yeah. And now I use brush pens. Brush pens. Which is a nice middle ground because it's yeah. not as bendy and loosey-goosey as, as sable hairs or anything. Yeah, or even, yeah. even, you know, uh, fiber hairs. But you can give it a little push like it's a pen. And I'm able to create the lines I want. Yeah. Although... I still say inking in quotes because yeah. I know there's things that inkers do, proper inkers. Yeah. That me as a as a cartoonist that essentially is drawing in ink, it's a different... Like you're looking at pages and you're separating shapes out, right? You're doing a lot of that. Yeah. Stuff. Like yeah. The, the, the job of an inker is to create volume. Yeah. And to help clarity.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times when I'm inking, I'm thinking about foreground, middle ground, background, and the light source. Yeah. I mean, as an inker, people would think, why would you need to think about light source? You know, because with light source, I can figure out which lines needs to be thicker. Yeah. Like, for example, under the arm as opposed to the shoulder. Shoulder will be thinner and then under the arm will be thicker. Right. Things like that.
0: Yeah, it creates volume. Yeah, exactly. Because in, at least, you know, as printing technology gets better, you can do more. But at the time, it's black and white and you have to create shapes and shadows and things in, in very stark black and white yeah. line art. Yeah. What people would call a bitmap. Bitmap. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, a lot of the work I scan is in bitmap.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because it's going to be a smaller file. It's going to be easier yeah. to send it. And unless you're using washes and stuff, you don't need to yeah. grayscale.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: When did you start teaching?
1: I started. I started teaching. Let's see. So Academy of Art. There was an instructor who knew I was a combo artist, and he asked me to be a guest speaker okay. at the school. So I went a few times. And then after a while, they just asked me, would you like to teach the class? The same class, which I was... Guessing. That you were lecturing at? Yeah. So I I was intimidated because I've never really been a teacher. So I said, sure, let me give it a try. But it just one just one class. I don't want to do more than that. So they hired me to teach kind book illustration. So I've been teaching that. Every semester, only one class because I'm so busy with the kind book work. Yeah. So when they have... Like it really depends on enrollment. If there's a lot of students, then they'll hire me. If it's not enough, like five students or less, they'll probably cancel the class. Right. Yeah. So, so it's okay.
0: And then when you're when you're teaching, is there a part of you it's like, I'm giving. I got taught. I'm giving back as a teacher. I do. Yeah. I do. It feels exactly. Like,
1: I mean, I tell people that the reason I teach is because to give back. Because like how Arthur Adams mm-hmm. and Marlo Quiza mm-hmm. and Paul Smith, how they taught me. Yeah. You no, know, they. Were there for me, so I kind of want to be there for someone else. Yeah, I've met a, I've taught a few of them that started doing some independent comic books, and it feels good. You yeah, know, that you know they're doing work. It's
0: that, nice. Now, do you ever? This is a ridiculous question, but it's not. Anybody ever come across you like this guy's gonna, this guy's gonna take work for me. This guy's, uh, this kid's good. As I shouldn't, a say guy. I shouldn't say guy because he could be a girl.
1: Yeah, I have a few incidents where few instances
0: not that you're like a selfish person that's yeah not going to be that way but
1: yeah well i had a few instances where the students were that good i started helping them get work right because the way i see it is in comics I'm, I'm just one person and there's so many so much comics are being published yeah there's no way that i can do it all anyway sure. why not be nice and help them get into it
0: right which is yeah which is interesting because and we don't have to name names but yeah. i know we've talked about in the world of inking or in the world of anything, yeah. There's, you know, there are people that are that are paying forward, like you do, mm-hmm. and then there are people that are constantly on this hustle mm-hmm. and could occasionally take a job from somebody. Or,
1: or yeah, or, I remember there was one time again without naming yeah, names. Not, this like, isn't a gossip show. This is an yeah, experience. What, yeah, what are like our um, an editor liked, liked a certain inker's work, but couldn't get away to get a hold of him. So they contacted me to see if I knew the person. I said, yeah, let me call him up and get him this information. And he got work from Marvel and he and then the anchor called me back and said, You know, that was really a nice thing to you know, to do because if it was any other anchor, they would just get to work for themselves. They'd yeah, rather than not share it, you know. So he was really impressed. No,
0: that's awesome. And and you know, but who's the guy that's always like just jockeying for more
1: and more work? Yeah, he's he's <laughs> the one that wanted me to get Pete Woods contact information. At that time I was thinking everything Pete Woods was doing. Right. And then he actually became his inker, And, well, at a few conventions when I was hanging out with Pete, he goes, man, I don't like working with that. And I was like, why then? Why did he eat with so much? And he goes, because he kept badgering us, and me and uh, Matt Adelson, that it's better just keep him working, keep him quiet.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he's...
1: Uh, Terrible. All right, so you have a good memory. Oh, you never heard nice.
0: Well, the memory is like, as I like to point out, I was at Marvel for two and a half years. Yeah. I remember that stuff. I wasn't there long enough to forget a lot of things. And then, you know, I only worked with a handful of people and Mm -hmm. I remember the ones I want to remember. Yeah. So you mentioned that you you inked Pete Woods for a good chunk of time. Yeah. And then it seems to happen that inkers end up pairing up with artists. Yes. And I've talked to other inkers and some of them, even when they're working on higher profile guys, they might be frustrated because it's like some guys have, it's it's a lot of work to ink them and some it's like a breeze. Yeah. Is there something that you as an inker are looking for in terms of what you'd like to ink or just work
1: is work and it doesn't matter who you're inking? Well, before I started inking over Arthur Adams, this was a uh, way before I really wanted to work with him because okay. he's the person that I, you know, sure. got me into the industry. And now that I did, it's like, it's great, you know, I've inked Arthur now I can ink anyone. Right. Because uh, right now... That's right, you inked
0: him on the Hulk, right? I inked him on those three yeah.
1: shoes. Three shoes of Hulk. And then uh, I think it was four shoes or three shoes. One of them was the uh, giant size. And then it was three shoes.
0: Now, when you finally inked Ar- Art Adams...
1: Everything else was easy.
0: No, but did he remember... Like, oh, this is the kid that was coming to the concert? Yeah, because I... have been in touch all this time. Yeah,
1: I've been in touch with him like since the beginning. Okay. Yeah, and uh, he's actually the one who called me asked me if I wanted to ink him. If I was available... He called and said, "Hey, Walden, are you on an exclusive? You want to ink me on the Hulk?"
0: All right, so that phone. Let's talk about that phone call. Yeah. So this is a guy who helped, basically lit the way for you. Yeah. opened the door for you. Taught yeah. Taught you the basics to get you started. Mm-hmm. Fifteen years later, or whatever it is. Yeah. Phone rings. Phone rings. What What happens to you in that in that moment? Like, what were you? Do you remember? How well do you remember that call?
1: he called and
0: like were you working at the time were you yeah i, I was okay. still i was
1: thinking he called and then do you remember what you were thinking i don't remember okay. what i was thinking i don't remember but then he <laughs> called and he goes hey walden um how are you doing you know and, and i was, oh i'm good you know because we already call each other most yeah. mostly it's either online or see each other at convention sure but we kept in touch before that like i said but then when he called me he's like hmm, what's what's going on you know and he goes oh are you exclusive with anyone you go oh no he goes, yeah, I'm going to be working on uh, some Hulk Marvel. We wonder if you're uh, available. And I go, yeah, of course. I would drop anything to work with you, whatever yeah. I'm working on right now.
0: Is it weird that he was calling on an editor?
1: Yeah, it was him that called. Yeah. Uh, he called, and then, you know what? I actually started working on a book before any editor communicated <laughs> with me. Yeah, I was like uh, one issue into it, and then I had to ask Arthur, who should I contact? You tell them that I'm working on it. Who should I email? You know, at the time, because he was, we were working on a project. He would pencil it, and then I would go over to his house to pick it up, or he would come over to my house to drop it off, or, you know, when we're done, I would bring it back to his house. And then um, his wife, Joyce, chillin', yeah. would scan the pages and FTP it. I, I wasn't the one who was scanning it. They right. were scanning it. So, Arthur would get the pages, look over it, see if there's any minor, minor tweaks to be done, and then he would FTP it. Okay. Yeah, so I didn't know who the editor was until after the first issue that we were done with
0: yeah and then you reach out to the editor The editor reached out to you
1: i reached out to the editor they told me who the editor was i reached out and then we started talking about pay rates that's crazy right yeah so yeah i was working i didn't know how much i was gonna get paid because now
0: now did you get i mean you had a marvel
1: rate i had a marvel Marvel. rate but author said you got to get a higher rate because you're inking over me it's a lot more work and it is a lot more work. So yeah. that's when I started contacting them, asking them how much the rate was. And then they did give me a high rate. But nice. Then,
0: but I, only when you're thinking art.
1: Well, well, when I was thinking art and then after I was thinking art. But after a while, they moved it back down. Yeah, I've heard yeah. That, they've been, that the rate's yeah, have gone down. I, yeah, the there way. was a time where they cut everyone's rate. Yeah. So that was when they cut my rate, too. Oof. Yeah.
0: But I want to talk more about the pairings that you end up getting paired up with. Yeah. And the the variety of that kind of thing. Because you were inking, if I'm not mistaken, you'd ink, on the one hand, you would ink like a Justice League Adventures. Yeah, over... You would get a bunch of that stuff. Yeah. Who was... Who you were you Uh It was uh,
1: Justice League Unlimited over yeah. Carlo Barbary. Okay. Yeah, so... Which is a
0: real, bu- like, bubbly, cartoony... smooth style. lines and stuff. Yeah. And then for a long time, you, you were paired with Justiniano. Justiniano... You know, it's like super, rend- like, not rendered, but just a lot of feathering, a lot yeah. of line work, a lot Crash of work. backgrounds, and very rich, involved yeah. pages. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Do you ever have a preference?
1: Uh, Well, the bigger, bolder stuff is much easier and it's quicker. Yeah. Because when I was thinking over Carlo at that style, yeah. it was like three pages, four pages that I could finish a day. It's yeah. It's like real easy. Whereas when I was thinking with Justiniano, it was like maybe a page a day. It yeah. It took longer.
0: And when you're approaching a page with that much stuff happening, yeah, is it a consistent order? Or you you go panel borders first. Working? Oh, it's a
1: uh, like what I would do is do all is the backgrounds first. Bulk, right? Yeah, like... yeah, it's like a kind of like an assembly line. Okay. it's not like one panel first, second panel. It's uh all the backgrounds first. After all the backgrounds done, then I would do all the faces. After the faces, then the hands, and then the bodies, and then the rest of the detailing. Really? Yeah.
0: Huh. And the, and for filling in blacks. For are that. you doing yeah. that by hand? Or are you scanning them and just dropping? I, I do it by hand. Yeah, I do it by hand. Still.
1: Before, before I was dropping them in on Photoshop. Yeah. You know, I would just draw a little X and then drop them in on Photoshop. And when I'm done, I have the actual piece of artwork. I'm looking at it. Saw these X's. It doesn't look that nice because I want the art to look nice too. Yeah. So I would fill it in.
0: I do the same thing. Yeah.
1: When there's a really tight deadline, the X's, yeah. You know, it comes back.
0: I do that a lot. I'll do the X's. I'll scan it, and then when I go to a convention and I'm thinking, oh, I try and sell these, but then I have to go in and. Yeah. felt like on a flight, I'm filling in black. Oh, yeah. Hotel at night. It's so boring. It's like, eh, forget. And then nobody buys the pages.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I wasted all that time filling in blacks. Yeah.
0: I should sell the page with a marker. Just let them fill in yeah, yeah, blacks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> A discount with a marker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You get five bucks off if you fill in your own blacks. Yeah. So, did you ever have assistants doing that for you? Because I know that's a thing people do.
1: Yeah, like in the beginning, a lot of people, like a few inkers would ask me if I wanted to be their assistants and... Yeah. I didn't do it because I spoke to another anchor, Danny Mickey. He goes, oh, sure. whatever you do, try not to be an assistant. And I didn't understand that. I thought that would be a foot in the door. Yeah. But so ever since I started doing I didn't ever really use uh, assistants. Because yeah, it doesn't feel like it's your work. It feels like someone else's work. And if they did the background, it yeah. doesn't look like the way you want it to be done. Yeah. So I'd rather do it all myself.
0: Yeah, I've heard assistants used for, for panel borders. Filling in blacks and erasing pencils, back when there were pencils to erase. Oh, uh, yeah. Things, there's a lot of blue
1: stuff. Or yeah. People, you, know. you know, back then when uh, stuff was hand-lettered, it yeah. was nice because they would uh, draw the lines, the letter. The panel borders, sure. The panel borders, and they would also um, draw bubbles covering the artwork, so we would ink less.
0: I've <laughs> heard that when, when it was lettered on the boards, the rate was a little lower, too, right?
1: I think it was, it's it, the same. the same? Yeah, it's the same.
0: I think before our time. Before our time? If a page showed up lettered, yeah, the inking rate was a little bit less because yeah. it was less to ink. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And yeah, then I guess hard time. things shifted in a certain mm-hmm. way and the rates are what they are. Have you had experiences, and again, we don't need to name names, with artists who have, aside from somebody who's trying to teach you, yeah. like Paul Smith, are yeah. unsatisfied with what you're doing? Yeah. And when that happens, is there communication back and forth or is it just an editor saying, we're going to change inkers?
1: It was a communication back and forth. Okay. And I think, I guess, there's a little bit of both. I remember working on a title for DC and I was working with Mark Pajarillo. Okay. Yeah, and he wanted me to do things a certain way and I inked differently. So I talked to him on the phone and then he would kind of say, do this do this differently. I want you to ink like this person, like that person. And it was nice because I learned more from it. So I was able to ink that style as opposed to a certain style. Like today, I can ink pretty much in any style because of that. Right. Yeah, and then there's instances where I will work with the editor, and I don't have contacts with the penciler because I I don't know the email or the sure. phone number. So they will say, "Oh, uh, your your inks doesn't look right for the book," so they always take me off. But I don't know what they want. Yeah. Like I would ask the editor what they want, and they don't really know how to respond. So just do what you do. Yeah. So there's a little bit of both.
0: Is there a challenge as an inker who can morph into different styles? Like you know, you look at a guy like. It's a, it's, a, it's sort of cheating to use as an example. Klaus Janssen yeah looks like Klaus Jansen Yeah. Or, 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 Tom, Kev, or Tom Palmer. Tom Palmer. Or Kevin Nolan. Kevin Dolan, Dolan. Yeah. yeah. Like if you bring those guys in, you know exactly what they're going to do yeah. on the page, and you sort of can see what it's going to look like afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. You, similar to me, who can draw in different styles, I can do a SpongeBob thing, I can do a DC animated style, and I can yeah. do my own. I feel like it, it could be a challenge, because you're so adaptable. Do you find that it is more of a challenge, or do you find that, editors and people are understanding that and they're able to see that you're going to be able to do what you what needs to be done for that book
1: see i don't know if the editors know that i'm adapting because for me i know i'm adapting yeah like i will ink uh, author this way or yeah. i will ink paul this way and to me i know a difference but I, I don't know if the editor would know that there's a difference right they would just get the pages oh it looks good They continue or oh it doesn't look good <laughs> Yeah, so I don't. They, they won't say, "Okay, change the style." I I don't think I ever had a editor contact me asking me to ink differently. Right. Yeah. So most of the time, I would try to talk to the penciler, find out what they like, and then go that direction.
0: Did you find at a certain point that the kinds of pencils you were being asked to work over had a similarity across them, or was it always just a, a random variance of?
1: Oh, random. Really. Random variance. That's interesting. Yeah, when I was in the early years of Marvel, I was doing, oh, help out, helping out with deadlines. I think editors at the time knew I was fast. Yeah, you were fast. Yeah. There's so, no question about it. So it was like, uh, oh, let's get Walden to finish uh, three pages. Yeah. You know, he'll finish it in a few days. And it was uh, like a lot of different pencilers who I've never worked with. Sure. So it was like, uh, I was I'm keeping busy. I'm sure we called you
0: for that every now and again.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, it was so much, was so different, so many different artists that I don't even know who the artists I'm working on right yeah
0: and then how did you break past that because that's the thing that plagues a lot of people i talked to scott koblish about this where for a long time he was local like was in new york so we would literally call him he'd come to the office we'd hand him pages he'd ink them overnight yeah and he realized at a certain point like being the guy who's fast isn't always the best thing because you're just constantly picking up other people's slack yeah did you start to feel that and
1: did you make a conscious shift to, to get away from that or you just the work is work and work, you're going to work yeah work is work because as a freelancer you don't know when your next project is coming up sure so i was doing that and then i think more recently this past few years instead of me contacting editors oh do you have any work do you need help on a few pages it's like oh I'll, I'll just work with one person and then not contact to see what happens right and then it was kind of nice so i've been working with one penciler or another penciler, and then when I do get the occasional call to help out on deadlines, I will I'll do that. Right. Yeah. But back then it was like, oh, I have um, three books or four books that is two pages done. So back then everyone was saying, oh, your name is on all these projects. You're a fast thinker, but they don't realize that it's only a page here or two pages there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure we called you more than a few times to to come yeah, in. Yeah, that was as as the clutch. Yeah. I like that. It was fun. Yeah, but it was crazy because you were on the complete opposite coast. So the the fact that you would turn these things around so fast, it was incredible.
1: Like you know, you know what it was? I don't. People think I'm fast. I'm not fast. It's just that for those three days, I don't sleep. So it's constant three days of inking. The only time I get up is to eat or use the bathroom. Right. But it's just, I'm not fast. I work like a regular pace. People think I'm fast because I turn it around fast. That's
0: still pretty, I mean, that in and of itself makes you, if you're not... Taking time off.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: You still do that?
1: Yeah, like when deadline comes, you just got to finish it on the deadline or before. You just have to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd rather not because I like sleeping. I enjoy sleeping. But sometimes if a deadline approaches, you just have to finish it.
0: You're, you're a busy guy. You keep yourself busy. You have a family. You do all this. Stuff, and yet you also find the time or make the time to get involved with stuff at viz and yeah almost like you're doing production work over there yeah you're you're touching up stuff now granted nausicaa valley of the wind is is like your favorite thing in the world yes so you did work on that like a retouching of that like multiple times you worked on those pages and tweaked them and re-lettered them and all that stuff yeah how did that so you're busy inking you're teaching what makes you go i want to do another thing I'm going to poke my head into this place and start working on this side of the of the business.
1: Well, Viz, Viz is in San Francisco. Yeah. And back then, I would go in once a week, every week, to do some touch-up work. Like, and what did they is... reach
0: out to you, or you sought them out?
1: There was someone who was working there who was a friend of mine. Okay. And then he asked me if I wanted to go there and do some touch-up work. Okay. And I was like, oh, you know, I get to work at a comic publisher. That would be kind of nice. So that's how I got the project. Okay. Got the gig. So even mm-hmm. right now, I don't go in every week. They send me work. Uh, by ftp and it's like little things like touch up this i fix the tones here or re-letter this because most of the freelancers they hire they letter they do the lettering but the editors they don't really do lettering in-house so they'll ask me to just fix if we words like misspellings right or what is this? Uh, the japanese section when they remove for example boom in japanese and they replace it with the english b-o-o-m not all the work, you know. Not all the tones and drawing underneath is like sure. done. So I would just go back there and do that digitally on Photoshop.
0: So you're like a like a freelance bullpen.
1: Exactly. Okay. Like a freelance bullpen.
0: Fascinating. You do so many different things. And then among all that, is there a part of you that still wants to draw, or do you get do you get your art Jones out by inking and production and
1: teaching? inking and production and teaching?
0: So you don't you don't yeah you don't just
1: on the side like I want to do it. I want to do it. Sometimes I'll read a how to book and I think. I got to start pencilling, or when when I'm, when I'm free and I have nothing to do, I should start pencilling, right. but then once I sit down and get ready to start pencilling, the work starts coming in, and I, I enjoy inking right you know, and everything I'm doing is kind of nice when you pencil, what is it what does it look like? It looks like crap <laughs> I don't know I, I can't compare it with what it looks like, like but stylistically it, what, stylics, it's yeah. different like if one day I want to draw like this artist, I'll draw it like that. Or one day I want to draw like Bill cabbage I'll draw like that. Right. So it varies. It's not like one specific
0: style. And is that variance, does that come from the years inking different styles? That you've, I think so. You've absorbed it all? Yeah, or I think so. Because they... I,
1: I haven't been a professional penciler. So yeah. It's always like a inker. Yeah. So when I see a lot of pencils, I think, oh, this is nicely penciled. Or when I see it drawn this way, this is nicely penciled. So when I'm asked to draw something, I'm thinking, that's, the way it's supposed to be drawn or that's the way so it's not like i have a style in penciling right it's usually drawing something that looks like that style i've i've drawn something that looks like arthur i've drawn something that looks like just and drawn something that looks like Carlo Barber. right so it changes
0: do you do you wish you had a style do you do you want a style or be,
1: yeah i think if i had a style i don't yeah. have to think about what style to go right yeah like, or when i'm on a school teaching and i'm on a blackboard i'm thinking should i draw like uh you know Arthur Adams. Yeah, just do it. You know you don't have to think about it. Yeah, know? yeah.
0: <laughs> I, so if you're drawing, I mean you know you have you have children. Do you, do you draw for them? Yeah. What does it look like? Yeah,
1: uh, cartoony. It's okay. like a sketching. I actually volunteer and go to my daughter's classes and teach the class how to draw. Yeah. So it's usually just like uh, the way I would do sketches, like really fast. Right. Yeah.
0: But then so then in that case, your natural your natural drawing is a cartoony drawing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know now that you mention it I think that's probably more of my natural way of drawing just like cartoony bubbly
0: and is it western cartoony
1: or western or and like not not, not manga not manga I grew up reading western comics yeah, yeah it was I didn't start reading manga until I started doing work for this. oh really yeah
0: that's funny because Nausicaa is such a yeah such a big part of, of yeah what well you yeah
1: I bought Nausicaa when I was like in high school okay um, but then I didn't think that was manga it was just like a comic book yeah you know? I didn't it was a black and white comic book. It didn't look different to me. When I started going to Viz, that's when I discovered, oh, you know, manga has big eyes and Tiny tones. and, and yeah, mouths and stuff. Yeah, that's when I started distinguishing and separating the both.
0: But you didn't you didn't absorb so much of that in the way you draw?
1: No. Okay. No. Yeah, I think most of the stuff, more, I think I absorb a lot of, you know, the way Carlos draws and also yeah. the way uh, Arthur Adams draws. Yeah. Like I would try to draw cartoonia when I was working on JLU, the bubbly big beefy characters, yeah. and it start rendering like a lot of those hatch lines, yeah. details on the body, like the way author does it. Yeah. So it's a combination of both. And and despite I mean
0: they're they're actually not on a spectrum of of artwork. Yeah. Carlo barbieri and Art Arthur Adams aren't really that far away. It's all in the finishing. Because art's figures are built very similar like they have the big chests and broad shoulders and the little thinly yeah. legs Yeah. And Carlo draws very similarly. Yeah, so I, I could see. It's funny that the two, inf- you know, somebody could look at those and go, "Those are way different." Yeah. But structurally, there's a lot of, there, there there's, there's back and forth. And when, and when Carlo is doing stuff that's a little more detailed, like mm-hmm. he did a Superman thing a while back. Yeah. And you could see there's, there's more hatching. There's more. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you inked that. I can't remember. Not he Superman. He might have inked it himself.
1: It was probably. I don't remember him inking. It was probably someone else.
0: Which brings up the other question. Okay. What do you think of pencilers who go, I'm making myself? Oh, that's great. Yeah?
1: Yeah. It doesn't, I mean, I don't get to, I don't get to ink him. You yeah. know? I'd rather get a chance or maybe the potential chance of being able to ink him. But there's a lot of pencilers out there who will ink himself and I would think, oh, I will never get to ink him. Do you, do you notice when somebody's
0: penciling themselves, can you see, can you see a difference between a penciler inking themselves and an inker inking a penciler? Like what they're doing? or Yes. What is what? What are you seeing? Because yeah. I think I know like, what it would be, but
1: yeah, like sometimes there are pencilers who are great at penciling but not that great at inking. Yeah, and then there are some who's you know, like Adam Hughes, he can pencil and in, ink himself. And yeah, it's great. You know, or, or Mark Brooks, he can you know do all that, but then there's other artists who can't.
0: What do they? Where do they? What's the disconnect for those guys?
1: Like the ink lines look sketchy. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think because I have a eye for inks i can tell yeah, yeah, the difference this is why we're talking about yeah it. so i can see how it looks different
0: it's more about the, the technical aspects yeah. of it because i remember when i was at marvel there were pencilers that wanted to start inking themselves yeah and you look at it and go something doesn't it's not looking quite right the, yeah. the stuff that was being inked by inker x inker b whatever yeah is a it's a tightness to it yeah exactly. it's all the stuff exactly. about before the the, the shape and and density and the separation of things, it's clearer. Yeah. Which is interesting because I've talked to other guys who talk about how over time, as a comic book reader, we see the final page. hmm And then you start to draw like what you see. So, you know, somebody who wanted to draw like Jim Lee is going to draw essentially Jim Lee and Scott Williams. Whatever that synthesis is, yeah. that they're going to try and draw like mm-hmm. that. Or I was looking at Alan Davis, so I was drawing... That stuff, but it's Alan Davis and Mark Farmer, Alan Davis and Paul Neary. So I was trying to recreate that line Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as a penciler. And there are guys who are penciling and they want it to look a certain way. And their pencils are super tight. I mean, nowadays, they shoot off of pencils sometimes. yeah. darken them in Photoshop because pencilers like me are drawing line weights in. Yeah, yeah.
1: I was just about to mention that. These days, I see pencilers who draw in pencil. And they draw as if they're inking the line weights and then thick lines and thin lines so it's really like you know it's it's funny
0: <laughs> now what is as, a, as a, you get something like that does it make your job easier or does it make your job yeah, boring? yeah like
1: when the penciler draws in all the line weights i'm basically tracing yeah you know i don't really need to think about how the line <laughs> is supposed to be
0: do they ever draw the line weights and they're wrong like oh, this is not right i'm gonna have to fix this
1: or you just go with it, because I, just go with it. I just go with it i just go with it because i think they're so specific that they want what they want right yeah, very rarely if they draw in the line weights, like I would change it. Right. Yeah.
0: Do you ever see where it's wrong? Leave yeah it in anyway? Yeah.
1: Sometimes I would call them kind of them hey, you know, this is kind of thick in the background. Got to thin it up.
0: <laughs> it's something I certainly know I
1: I do. I mean, I've not
0: at least this point on SpongeBob I ink myself. Yeah. But even when people were inking me on SpongeBob, just because I'm drawing it on model, I feel compelled to Try and replicate what the line weight should be. Yeah. Because then when you're drawing it, you want to step. You want to make sure it looks clear. Mm-hmm. At least for me. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm one of those people that grew up seeing pages. I didn't see a penciled page until I was a senior in high school. Yeah. And it's eye opening. You're like, whoa, that's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen those X's. Yeah. Like to tell an inker where to fill in yeah. black. Or
1: what BWS was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. the first time I saw BWS, I thought, what is that? Barry Windsor Smith. Barry Smith, of
0: course, <laughs> all over the sky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess I should say it means Blackwood stars. Yeah, Blackwood stars. And, and even that, how do you ink a, a black with stars?
1: Well, I use, a, you know, some people use white ink. Yeah, and yeah. I have that. I used to use that, and it would cause such a mess. But now I use a liquid frisket. Okay. It's like a masking fluid for watercolors. So what it is, I use toothbrush and splatter it down. And once that dries, I would use ink and ink on top of that. And then once the ink dries, I would just rub off all those, uh, um, you know, the liquid mask. All
0: right, so you're going toothbrush. Toothbrush. Okay. Yeah,
1: if I need directional splatter, I would use a quill and kind of like flick it. To get that directional splatter.
0: And so you you still do that by hand. Have you ever done that digitally where you just fill it yes. in black and then just yeah. go in and
1: yeah, like some projects where it's in, like really detailed to get in there, what I'll do is on that page I'll, you know, ink it normally without the splatter. And then I'll use that actual original artboard and flip it around and then just randomly flick a lot of stuff. So when I'm done I will scan both sides and I will use, you know, Photoshop to pull certain areas right. that looks right and just move it into almost like
0: almost like a handmade uh, zip tone.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Customized zip tone. Yeah, customized or... that
0: fits that page. Right. Yeah. And did you ever just when you're bored, just build just like a page of Starfield and just save it. Oh no. Just drop I,
1: it I thought about doing that. Yeah. But to me it looks it looks like what if someone catches you using the same stars over and over again, the same galaxies. It has to be all new. <laughs> all new every time. Yeah. All new
0: so you've inked Art Adams. That's a pinnacle? Or is yes. there somebody else you'd want to ink? I think
1: that's pinnacle. That's it? Yeah. So then what do you do? I would like to ink Arthur Adams again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. I would. Uh, no, I but... mean, I'm getting a lot of commission work. Ever since I started, ever since I inked Arthur Adams, I get a lot of people commissioning me to ink his pencil sketches. So that's do, interesting. Yeah. So in a way, I'm still working with him. Yeah. But unlike the pencils that Arthur would send me in the past... These are all his blue line sketches. What it is the author would draw like a lot of um sketches in blue, and then when people want that piece, he would just finish it off in at conventions and sell it to them. So the people, the collectors, they would buy those blue pencils and then hire, you know, commission me to ink it.
0: And you're inking straight on those blue pencils? Inking
1: directly straight on those pencils. Fascinating. Uh, yeah, because I can't scan those pencils. They're yeah, right in light blue. blue. Yeah. Yeah. So I this you know they'll hire me and do it. And then sometimes I'm so excited that I would add backgrounds. They would ask me, oh, just uh, do the character. But then I do reference and I want to ink the backgrounds like the way author does it. Yeah. So a lot of times I'm doing a lot of research to see how author draws the mountain or um, the trees and mimic that on the commission piece. And why
0: aren't you just hacking this stuff out?
1: I enjoy it. (laughs) I enjoy that stuff.
0: (laughs) I know. I I, I asked the question because I know the answer is going to be... You don't hack it out.
1: Well, you know, like, these days there's something called Comic Art Fans or yeah. Divian Art. Well, when I finish the commission pieces, they will post it up. And if I did a hack piece, people say, oh, you know, well, then the internet lives forever. Yeah, exactly. But even the fact that, like, they're saying just think the
0: figures and you're going above and beyond. Yeah. Does, you know, I assume you're working out a, I don't need to know the numbers, I'm assuming you're working out a rate with them ahead of time.
1: Yeah, it's usually that rate, but yeah. then where I decide to add more, it's still the same rate. Right. I don't tell them that i'm doing the backgrounds when they get the piece they'll say wow and then i've yet to have someone complain hey man i didn't want the backgrounds
0: has anybody ever thrown you a little extra for putting in backgrounds
1: a few have okay so that was nice yeah 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 yeah. nice treat yeah
0: and then is your preference to do that or or still doing pages is still where the
1: where the hardest. is doing pages yeah i still like doing the panel stuff you know the sequential pages
0: so when you're teaching, you're teaching comic illustration.
1: Comic illustration.
0: Are you teaching storytelling also, or just drawing yeah. figures, drawing backgrounds?
1: It's uh, teaching them to develop a character, telling a story, penciling, inking, and lettering.
0: And how old are these students roughly?
1: These the class I teach is not you know, it is held in Academy of Art. You know, it's for college students. But the program I teach is for pre-college. Okay. Like probably 19, 18, 18 right. years old. Yeah, so they'll take the class, and then if they like it, they'll continue on.
0: Now, knowing knowing what this business is like, yeah, and how, as much as there's a lot of stuff being published, you know, the, the conventional wisdom mm-hmm. is that to make money in comics, you have to be doing work for Marvel, and DC. They're the only ones that really pay anything. Mm-hmm. So if you see these these are young people looking to get into comics, mm-hmm. the reality is it's a tough business to actually earn a living in. Unless yeah. you're established and you've been doing yeah. something or you've locked in. You know, I've locked into SpongeBob, so I do that and whatever the case may be. Yeah. How how real do you get with these kids? Like, how much are you telling them about the realities of what they're about to attempt to do? Or do you wait and see what their work is like before you?
1: Well, a lot of kids do ask me, you know, is it hard to get into comics? And then I tell them, you know, you know, being a freelancer, you have to do this. You have to be good. You have to be fast. And you have to have people you who know, enjoy working with you. But then I tell I also tell them, if I can do it, you can do it too. Because like I really think that if I can do it, anyone can do it. Uh, it is a lot of hard work, a lot of networking, marketing. But if you're an artist and you're not really telling people that you're there, no one's going to really know about you and hire you. So yeah. there is some students who went on and started doing video games or designing, mm-hmm. but not just comics. But I tell them that when, when you're working in comics – you can pretty much do movies, storyboarding, comics is just one thing that you can do. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't discourage them because right. I, I really think that if I can do it, they can do it.
0: Yeah, I'm not saying necessarily discourage them, but yeah. like how you know if somebody were ask me. Yeah, and I don't I don't interact with people as much as you do. Yeah, like in my little office space, and I don't talk. I, to anybody. I think most artists yeah. are like that. <laughs> but if somebody were ask me what it's like, I, I feel like I would it would depend on. How serious they were. Yeah. To determine how serious my answer would be. Yeah. So if it was somebody that was really looking to do it, I'd probably get very r- real with them and say, listen, this is how this works. Yeah. And this place is like this. And yeah. these people are like that.
1: This reminds me of uh, what Paul Smith told me. I told him that I wanted to get into comics. He goes, that's the wrong field to get into. You don't want to do that, but if that's what you want, go for it. Right. And I didn't really understand why he said that. Because, like, working in comics for so long, and I'm sure you know also, is really hard work. Yeah. Like, t- to get the work, to maintain the work, and, you know, just to have a, your work life. Because you know how everyone's working your regular nine-to-five jobs? They have weekends, or they have holidays, yeah. and they're off. But as an artist, you know, you're, that's just another day. You know, holidays, vacations. We don't have vacations, right. you know. We don't work, we don't get paid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: And then and then as you've experienced this because we talked about it earlier, you know, you started out working and it was it was me and Smitty and Paul Tutro and, and eventually a lot of people move on to something else and yes. then there's new people and you have to relearn an entire editorial staff and they have their own people they like and it's I mean, how do you how do you navigate the constant changes in the employers? Because in the past fifteen years Yeah. I mean, at this point, at Marvel, there's one guy that was there mm-hmm. 15 years ago, yeah, Tom Brevoort. And at this point, he's at a position where he's not even doing the, the hiring. Yeah. And then at DC, I mean, it's a little different. It's a lot of people from Marvel have moved over there. Yeah. But even there, the dynamic has changed. Creative teams are moved around and shuffled yeah. everywhere. So how do you navigate that as somebody who's, I think, good at building relationships? Mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't worked together in many years, but... We keep in touch. We keep in touch. Yeah. We're here. We're talking on this thing. Yeah. And neither one of us really can get the other one any work, but it's you know we, we built a relationship. Yeah. We all, yeah. you know. I tell Smitty that I'm gonna come out and, and talk to you. He's like, Oh my god, tell him I said hello. Oh, Which, by the way, Smitty oh says, yeah, tell
1: him I said hi. I miss Smitty.
0: <laughs> Everybody misses yeah. Smitty. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's how do you, you know, and you, you, you did you were sending chocolates, but you're not really sending chocolates. I mean, how yeah. are you maintaining? How do you how do you approach maintain that?
1: work? Yeah, like. Sometimes the editor will move from one company to another and I have instances where that editor would, hey, Walden, you want to work with me here? So I'll do some you know, work there. Or some, a lot of times I get an editor who will see my work and they'll contact me to do the work. Yeah. Or I think a lot of times it's, oh, Walden's fast. Let's get him to help out at work. But um, most of the times the pencilers was getting me to work these days. They won't know who I am or right. I work with them and they'll contact me and ask me to do work for them. That's yeah, cool. those are more of the long-term work, and then some of the editors, like I guess, with projects, they'll come and go. But then if I contact them, and then they'll tell me, "Oh, I have a project. I think of you," like right.
0: that. So basically, you've you've established yourself. You're Walden Wong, and you do the work, and
1: yeah, I do the work and just do good work, and hopefully it will come.
0: Good for you. Now, this may not end up being a thing because this could be a weird, sensitive topic that you don't want to talk about. Okay. But what happens when a pencil you're working with stops penciling, whether by their choice or no choice? In specific, this Justiniana stuff was crazy. <laughs> we could talk about that off mic. Uh, I, I
1: assume everyone knows what happened.
0: Well if they don't, they can yeah, look it they up. Yeah, they can look it up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was working with him. You know, it, it wasn't that bad for me because before we knew what happened, yeah, he was going with another inker anyway. Oh really? Yeah, he uh it was another Inker he he wanted to try out it's kinda like a... Safe... this was on the
0: Wonder Woman stuff?
1: No. Wonder Woman. No, I was working with him on Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, that Wonder Woman project we were working on was supposed to be a original graphic novel. Yeah. Now it's but that was pulled. Never happen. Yeah. It's never going to. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. But you know, I had to send the pages back to DC. But before then, Giannino started working with other inkers. He was telling me he wanted to try out other inkers. Right. Just to see how it looks. So I was like, okay, if you want to try out other inkers, that's okay too. And
0: then things went. Yeah. Wonky. And then
1: like uh, maybe a year or two later, things got wonky, and I was thinking to myself. I'm glad I wasn't inking you know, him. You know, I'm glad this Wonder Woman project's not coming out.
0: Yeah, I was gonna wonder. I wondered what you know. I saw it. I was like, whoa. And I thought of you first.
1: Yeah. I, I, a lot of people contacted me. Hey, did you hear about this? You know, I, I heard from everybody else before I saw it on the news. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then I can only yeah. That's interesting. That your reaction is like, well, at least I'm. Yeah. Like I'm
1: he, off this. You train. know who? You know who the first person who called me about this was? Mike Marks. He actually really? yeah. He was editor on Wonder Woman. Okay. That graphic novel. Yeah. He called me. He goes, Hey Walden. Did just about Justiniano? No. What what happened? He you know, he's late on pages, you know? No, uh you yeah, know, I won't go into details. Yeah, then, he's in some legal trouble. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. So me and Mike Marks, we yeah. were on the phone just holding on to the phone. I <laughs> I didn't know what to say. He didn't know what to say. We were just holding on to the phone for really five minutes. Weird, yeah, right, creepy. Yeah, well, it was.
0: Yeah. So then that so when a book like that, how many pages had you inked of this graphic novel? That
1: was two dirts done. To extent, it was a 48-page graphic novel. No, it was a 64-page graphic novel.
0: So let's say you're 40 pages of it. Yeah, 40 pages of it. When you're at that point and this and this weird thing happens that we're really being elusive about, but yeah. it's, just, it's creepy. Yeah, it is. You got in some legal trouble and it's creepy. Yeah. And I'll put a link of it on the website so yeah. if you really want to know. But when something like that happens, it's 40 pages of your work yeah. that's most likely never going to see print.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: As somebody that is creating work to see print that for an audience, What is that like? Is, do you feel like it's just wasted time? Like, how do you, how did in your mind you process what that experience was of inking stuff that's never
1: going gonna... to, I see it as practice okay. for the next project. Yeah. I mean, it's nice work and I was putting a lot into it because it was originally, it was supposed to be one of the first original graphic novels was DC that DC was putting out. Yeah. And I was putting a lot of different techniques in there, but now that it's not going to come out, I don't know if it's going to come out. There might be a chance for it to come out. Interesting. Yeah. So we don't know what's going to happen, but I, you know, I saw it as practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so a lot of practice. There's a lot of practice. There's <laughs> a lot of nice, nice practice. You got
0: there. paid for it. I got paid for it. All right. Yeah. So paid
1: practice. It was paid practice, so that was kind of good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah.
0: Any of those techniques that you've brought into work later?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I use it. Yeah, because when Justin was penciling, he would pencil techniques too. So the way that would help me. Do stuff and do learn from him. Like he would do a lot of stippling, okay. Whereas a lot of art pencils don't do stippling, yeah, like dots and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, he would cross hatch, like a lot of times, like to create a texture, like clouds. Mm-hmm. So that was good practice. And he would do all these swirly lines, like all these a lot of swirly lines. Yeah, like these funky psychedelic lines. I remember the Book of of 8
0: 8 stuff had that. Yeah,
1: had a lot yeah. of that going on. Yeah, it cool. it looked cool, but then that. Like, help me practice patience because I had to turn the pages over and over just to get the lines right. Like, you mean turning like, them? Yeah, like, like flipping. Like rotating, like, the, yeah, rotating. Yeah, rotating the paper a lot. Because when I ink, I rotate the paper a lot. Sure. Yeah, just to get the right line. I do that when I'm drawing. Yeah. You know, I've seen people who ink with the paper, you know, with the board. Like, tape down? Tape down. I don't know how they do it. I constantly spin. Yes. So, yeah, it's like a... How much
0: ink do you get on the on the uh, side of your hand?
1: I don't get any. Really? Yeah, I don't, you know... The only time I get ink on my hands is when I fill the brush with ink or the quill with ink. But when I'm inking,
0: I, I don't get ink. Is it just the way you're holding the pen? Like, are you not resting your palm? I
1: do rest it. You do? I, well, I guess another reason I'm inking is sometimes I'll be inking two pages at a time. So before this one's dry, okay. I'll flip. You see this uh this this mat here yeah, yeah. that holds the paper? Like, I'll put it here. So while that's dry, I'll work on this pages. Is that it,
0: is that where the technique of backgrounds first, then going back and yeah. forth?
1: Yeah, yeah. Right. sometimes I would do like three pages of backgrounds before I move on the characters. So it's
0: not like a crazy OCD thing. There's an actual logic reason to it. Or is it a little OCD?
1: I think it is a little bit of OCD. <laughs> you know, I think all artists have OCD. Uh, it has to be OCD. Yeah. Especially like not getting my hands with ink. That's right. like an OCD too.
0: Well, you are a wise man, Walden.
1: Walden the wise. You're also
0: maybe the sweetest dude going. Well,
1: I don't know about no, that. No, you
0: are. Like, okay, the chocolates was one thing. Yeah. But five years ago, whatever it was, I was here for WonderCon. Yeah. And I was with Jacob, and we had a red-eye flight. And you drove us around town all day. On yeah. Sunday. You drove us I around. Mean... You showed us your house. You took us out for dim sum, which was awesome. Because I've never gone to dim sum with somebody who spoke Chinese. Oh. <laughs> that was the best dim sum. I, it was awesome.
1: Like ordering in
0: Chinese? Yeah. you were just It was like... Boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, yeah, let's eat whatever. First yeah. Time I, jellyfish. I remember a
1: jellyfish. You ate a, a duck. That, I remember that's what, what duck you wanted. like. Yeah. yeah I, I want, want to duck. eat a duck. I want yeah. duck. Well, that was the first time you ate a jellyfish? Yeah. Oh, really? Jellyfish is weird, man. Yeah. It's like it bounces back in your mouth.
0: It's like cabbage and pasta had a baby.
1: Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's real and weird. And cold. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. It was
0: cold. I didn't expect it to be cold. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like cold and slippery, but then it was crunchy. Yeah. In a way I did not expect at all. Yeah. Did you like it? It wasn't my favorite thing. I could favorite? eat it again. Yeah. But it was it was fine. And then years later, a couple of years later, I actually had uh, chicken feet, which I'd never chicken had before. Feet. But I lucked out because we didn't know it was chicken feet because they were battered and sauced. Yeah. And uh, I tried them, and they're like uh, wingtips. Uh-huh. Like just fatty and... Yeah, yeah. yeah. But... I don't know about the ones that don't have any sauce on them or it's just the chicken feet. Yeah, Is that any good? yeah.
1: I, I don't eat chicken feet. Yeah, I don't like chicken feet. I used to eat them when I was a kid. when My parents ordered for me when we dim something. Yeah. But now I, I don't eat it because, you know, I guess after a while you just kind of I feel kind of weird. But well, now you just eat cereal. I eat cereal. Yeah. Because yeah, it's quick and easy.
0: I remember that first time when you showed me, you had, I think it was six boxes of Cheerios just lined up. Yeah. And you would just, this is what I eat. This is how I do it.
1: Yeah. yeah sometimes as an artist, if you want to sit there and cook, you just want to <laughs> pour the milk and just eat it. In go Luke, back to work
0: The man's got inking to do He's gonna eat Cheerios Yeah Problem solved Yeah You go whole milk or skim milk
1: Oh uh, the, 2%? the Non-fat Non-fat, non-fat milk. The one milk. that tastes like water Yeah Yeah It's fine yeah. I
0: find when I now When I drink whole milk It's too much
1: It's too yeah. intense And a few times I ran out of milk I'm like how am I gonna eat this cereal I know So I tried water It doesn't there's work There's no way yeah, It go dry Yeah It is not right You or need get milk. milk Or get milk Yeah but you're <laughs> on a deadline You don't want to leave <laughs>
0: they don't have milk delivery in San Francisco
1: not that I know of. do you need milk now sure. I have milk okay. I have milk I was
0: going to say we can go get some milk no
1: I'm good we have milk All and right. now they have two kids there's always milk around Walden well, thank you so much oh thank you
0: and there you go Walden Wong I'm telling you guys, he's super nice. He's also really talented. If you go to the website and look at the bonus materials, which I will talk about in a second, you'll see just what kind of inking he's doing on these commission pieces. It's it's downright... I'm between incredible and impressive. Both. Increasible. Impre- I, I got nothing. I mean, I could sit and write something down and come up with a clever, make-believe contraction, but... You don't want to listen to that And and you already have So I record this little uh, snippet With all the show information I'm going to play that now And then and then I'm going to be right back Visit StuffSaidShow.com for show notes Guest links, bonus materials, all past episodes And to leave comments Email the show directly at stuffsaid@gmail.com at And follow the show on Twitter At StuffSaidShow Subscribe to the show in iTunes where you can rate it And leave a review to help others find the show stuff said is part of the acne wave projector network at acnewaveprojectorcom thanks to craig chin at rude anagrams.com for the show's opening theme song and for more about me greg Shegel, visit hatter entertainment h-a-t-t-e-r entertainment.com all right so there's that that's that's 30 seconds of information i'm going to drop that in in future episodes you can listen to it you could skip ahead 30 seconds your call up to you but know that there's a chance I'll say something after that so you don't have to just uh, click off. All of that having been said, that's about all the stuff I have left to say. I'll see you next time.
1: But, uh, you're, you're very good at
0: this. Oh, stop it. You are. I mean, there wasn't a moment
1: where we paused for you know, going.
0: I'll tell you what, even if there was, I'd cut it out. It would seem like we were just flowing okay, so nonstop. You won't hear a cut, you know what I mean? Oh man. Do this smooth.